Welcome to the OTs Gone Rogue podcast, where we share real stories about real OTs who are choosing to think outside the box and do things differently. I'm your host, Melissa Lapointe. Over the years, I've had the pleasure of connecting with the most remarkable therapists who are finding their way as thought leaders, change makers, and heart-led entrepreneurs. They've helped to inspire me to think big and dig deep in my own healing journey. And it's now time to bring these conversations to a bigger stage. Together, we're going to share stories about overcoming adversity, finding our people, and taking the road less traveled, even when it feels messy and uncomfortable. Okay, are you ready to join us? This is the OT's Gone Rogue podcast. Hey, Rogue friends, Melissa here, and oh, do I have a special treat for you today. How many of you out there are lacking confidence with your resume? Or maybe you're like me and self-employed and questioning if you even need an updated resume. I'm also curious how many of you are utilizing the LinkedIn platform for networking and really putting yourself out there. Or maybe you're like me and you have a LinkedIn profile, you feel guilty that you're not using it, and it feels like yet another thing. You're not sure how to get the biggest bang for your buck, so to speak. Well, if any of the above applies to you, this episode is going to rock your world. I'm joined by my very special guest, Tanya Peterson. She's not just an OT entrepreneur. She's also a career coach, a resume writer, and a LinkedIn strategist for healthcare professionals. And I had the absolute pleasure of picking her brain for this episode, where she shares so many practical tips and tools on these topics. Now, before we get started... I do have a confession to make. Tanya and I have been connected for literally years. She came through one of my earlier programs in women's health, and she spells her name with an A. She's also been a member of my Visionaries on Fire high-performance coaching program for the last 10 months or so, and it was during that program that I discovered she doesn't pronounce her name as Tanya, which is how I've been saying it in my head for years. She pronounces it Tanya. And you guys, I cannot seem to stop calling her Tanya. It is to the point where she doesn't even correct me anymore. So yes, I am guilty of saying Tanya repeatedly throughout this interview. Tanya, again, my apologies. In some ways, my brain is malleable and flexible, and in other ways, my brain gets really stuck. Nonetheless, We cover some great stuff in this interview, and I am super excited to hear your takeaways. So let's dive in. Okay, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the OT's Gone Rogue podcast. And Tanya, welcome back, though we are not strangers, but I'm still super excited to have you here. I am so excited to be here. It's going to be fun. All right. So Tanya, we can go in a few different directions in terms of your rogue journey, but I love talking about, because we've all had to do pivots with the pandemic, and you first came on my radar. You know, we were connected through my work in women's health, but you really came Mm -hmm. on your radar, excuse me, you came on my radar, the beginning of 2020, when I saw the really cool things you we're doing in terms of your peds practice. So can we go way back to what feels like a lifetime ago and tell me about the beginning of your entrepreneurial journey? Sure. It does feel like a lifetime ago. It was only a year ago. It's so crazy how far or how different one year, you know, how how different your life can look in one year. Oh my goodness, Uh, I know. So 
Um, in 2019, I actually opened up a play cafe. So I kind of combined my experience as a pediatric OT with my knowledge, and I wanted to not do a private practice so much as some, I wanted to do something that was open to everybody that everyone in my community could enjoy. So I opened a play cafe, which is kind of a cool combination of a indoor playground combined with a coffee shop. The parents could come in and they could, you know, let their kiddos play and they could enjoy a latte while they sat on a comfy couch. Sounds great, right? Well, then 2020 hit, of course, uh, with COVID. I had to uh, shut down in March of 2020 for an indefinite amount of time due to COVID-19. So at that point, I felt a little lost, a little scrambled. I had just literally put so much time and all of my financial resources into creating this business that was doing really well. And then one day we just couldn't return. Mm. So that just hit me in the gut. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like one day I went and I opened and I, you know, we had a day uh, and then that night everything kind of went into lockdown and we had no idea when we'd be able to even, you know, go into the space again. So yeah, it was a little physically nauseating, scary. Uh, so I found you through your strong beginnings course. That's how I initially came into um, knowing you took that because what I had planned on doing was adding some additional services to my play cafe in the mommy realm. So working with new moms, postpartum moms, um, positioning mommy and me classes, that type of thing that quickly changed when I couldn't open for, geez, I was closed from March to July. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So what initially start, happened was I was like, oh, God, what am I going to do? I came across James Wedmore, joined Business by Design. And what I originally wanted to do was to create a program to help other therapists open recreation-based or play-based businesses. That was my original plan, which you now know <laughs> didn't pan out. Something completely different happened. So um, I joined Business by Design and then Guess who was there? Melissa LaPointe. <laughs> it's true. It was me. <laughs> there she was. It was me. Um, so, and then I started, you know, looking into the online space. And I actually connected with another therapist who uh, had given me some help when I was first getting my business plan and things together for the top spot, which is my play cafe. And I was like, hey, Joni, what are you doing? What are you doing these days? Um, and she was career consulting online for healthcare practitioners, resume writing and doing that type of thing. And she's like, you know, I actually could use some help. There's, you know, so many clinicians and healthcare professionals who are feeling a little bit lost or not really sure where they want their career trajectory to go. And so I joined her and then Polish to Prosper. It was already born, but we kind of grew it and scaled it. And now we are growing very quickly and offering a wide variety of services, uh, resume writing, LinkedIn optimization, behavioral interview training, career consulting, and we're constantly adding resources and things every single day. So it's been a very windy, <laughs> a windy trip this last year, but yeah. I think I'm where I'm supposed to be. Well, and I'm not intentionally searching for OTs who have taken the road less traveled or whose journey on entrepreneurship is not this beautifully, perfectly polished, linear trajectory. Like I'm not mm -hmm. intentionally searching for people who have done it differently. The reality is as entrepreneurs, 
whether we call ourselves that in the beginning or not, because we've talked about accidental entrepreneurship many times on this podcast, Mm -hmm. it's messy. You know, it's not this, oh, this is what I'm going to do to build a business and la-ti-da, and it's going to be all unicorns and rainbows and exactly how I say it's going to happen. It's like having kids. Before we have kids, we have such a great idea of the kind of parent we're going to be and how we're going to raise our families and all these different things. And then the kids come and it's like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) What did I get myself into? (laughs) You know, and there's this living, breathing organism that is having its own say and it's bringing its own energy and we have to adapt and there Mm -hmm. are trials and tribulations and how we think we're going to be as a parent is very different. I always say I was, you know, the most amazing parent in the world before I had kids. (laughs) And (laughs) it's like that with a business, isn't it? We have these ideas of how we're going to maneuver through the world of entrepreneurship, but the reality is life throws curveballs and some of those curveballs are much bigger than others and we have to adapt and we have to pivot. You know, this is in part why I'm always harping on everyone about learning the fundamentals because when you can mm-hmm. learn the fundamentals, regardless if it's a play space for tots and parents or helping pediatric OTs use their therapy skills in a non-traditional way or serving other OTs in terms of LinkedIn, in terms of behavioral interviewing, in terms of consulting related to their resume, there's still some business fundamentals that you're bringing to the table and doing problem solving on the way. So, you know, I think it's a great example of Entrepreneurship is messy, people, but that's why we do Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and I think you have to find the balance between shiny object syndrome and having blinders on. You kind of got to be in the middle because if I had just kept my blinders on and said, you know, this is what I'm going to do, I'm going to make this indoor playground, you know, membership or course or whatever I was designing work and I'm not going to think about anything else, I would have missed this other fantastic opportunity that presented itself. Mm. So kind of just knowing when to say yes to an opportunity, but not getting, you know, yeah, I want to do this and this and this. And I do still get like that. Absolutely. 100%. I see something like, Oh, I could do that. Or I want to do that. Or I want to add this, but, but just being open and allowing opportunities to kind of enter your realm and, and taking advantage of them could get you some really cool places. Yeah. Well, and knowing, you know, the problem is never, with the ideas. The problem is not, oh, I don't have enough ideas. <laughs> no, that, no, that's never the problem. Absolutely not. No, the challenge for an entrepreneur is to stay focused on one or, you know, I'm not judging people. So one to however many you choose to take on, but really following through and implementing and executing, you know, that's the challenge is putting those mm. blinders on and actually staying focused. And You know, we also have to talk about perseverance when life gets us down because it can and it will. Mm -hmm. There's a time to curl up in the fetal position and have a pity party. But then, you know, you have to get back up on that saddle, so to speak. And, you know, I always say it's not for the faint of heart, but there's opportunity in in those challenges. Honestly, if it weren't for the pandemic, I probably would never have explored something like this. And I truly love what I do. I love this so much. I love helping other therapists find alignment in their careers. I love that. I love that. Um, So Tanya, let's switch gears and talk about how exactly you're helping therapists. So you had made reference to a few different things in terms of 
now, especially our, our OTs who are burnt out. There's a lot of unhappiness mm-hmm. in the therapy world these days. So let's start with my favorite topic. Uh, and I'm saying this a little bit sarcastically because it's something <laughs> I have to work on. Uh, but let's talk about LinkedIn. So let's Ooh, rip that band-aid off. <laughs> I am <sarcastic>. fascinated. <laughs> I love listening to podcasts on LinkedIn. I love learning about LinkedIn, but it's still one of those things that I feel a little guilty about. Um, before this episode, I was reading over this amazing email that you sent me with some suggestions on my LinkedIn profile. Hopefully by the time we publish this, I will implement some of those suggestions. So it's one of those, you know, I feel feel a little guilty because it's like, oh, I know how important it is. Melissa, get it together. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know where to find me if you need help. (laughs) Well, but I've already found you. Now it's on me. Like, (laughs) I need to. (laughs) But when I was reading the recommendations, I'm like, oh, these are easy to implement. Why did I let this slide off the side of my plate yet again? So let's talk about LinkedIn and how OTs are using LinkedIn, but also how they should be using LinkedIn. So LinkedIn is an incredibly powerful platform. So I like to think of it as a constant networking party. You're just constantly networking with other professionals that are, you know, similar minded to you. It's less busy than Instagram. It's less noisy than Facebook. Everyone's kind of there with the same intentions. So creating really opportunistic network connections is much easier on LinkedIn. Um, So as a traditional job seeker, that's probably the number one reason therapists or clinicians are on LinkedIn. As a job seeker, you can network with recruiters. You can network with people that are working at the organization that you want to work at. And the way to do that is to create a huge professional network of first level connections. How do you do that? You engage, you can self-publish articles, you can like, comment, you can join groups. Um, And then you need to make sure that your profile is visible and optimized. So you want to make sure that you have all the sections filled out because the way LinkedIn works is it's a point system. And the more sections in your profile that you have filled out and the more people that look at your LinkedIn profile, the higher your visibility and the higher your optimization. So if you're looking for a job, it's really important to make sure that your profile is visible and optimized. And that's what I help clinicians do. And then the other reason people are on LinkedIn like why I'm on LinkedIn is because I get clients through LinkedIn. I get lead generation and I get a lot of fantastic opportunities present themselves through LinkedIn. So yeah, I just love LinkedIn. I could talk about LinkedIn all day. Okay. So I know I can read minds at this point. And I know that (laughs) there are so many of our listeners that are just thinking, oh, this is yet another thing. I can't Mm. keep up. There are so many things. How do we know if LinkedIn is something we should be focusing on or adding to our tools, or maybe for some it is another thing and they have to divide and conquer. They have to choose. Is there a differentiating factor in how we know, okay, I should step back from Facebook and lean more into LinkedIn, or I should get off Clubhouse and spend more time on LinkedIn? How do we decide with all of these amazing but time-consuming tools Mm -hmm. that we have access to? Which one? I believe it's going to be dependent upon what your goal is. If your goal is to level up in your career, if your goal is to network with other professionals, to share your content, to become known as a subject matter expert, then LinkedIn is the platform that you should be on because that's what people are doing over there. 
Um, on Facebook, I mean, I'm on Facebook. I get a ton of business from Facebook, but you know, a lot of people are on there for very personal reasons. You know, they want to connect with family members or friends and they want to share pictures of vacations and their pets and things like that, which is all fantastic. But if your goal is to network and, you know, improve your career trajectory, then why wouldn't you go to a platform that's made for that, which mm. is what LinkedIn is. Um, and it's a extension of your professional branding too. So think of LinkedIn as your own personal landing page. So you can create your own personal landing page on LinkedIn. You can do it for free actually. And then you can self or you can choose your audience. So whoever you want to see your landing page, it's just a really incredible platform and everybody should be on there. My <laughs> Okay. So anybody in the career space. Okay. And so in terms of a time commitment, you know, what does that look like? Should they be on it daily? Should they be on it multiple hours a day? Should they be on it once per week, once per month? Do you have a recommendation as to what people should be carving out for how much time and energy goes into LinkedIn? Yeah. So, I mean, LinkedIn is a platform that you definitely get out what you put in, but you don't have to be on there daily. I would say two, three times a week just to, you know, respond to maybe some messages that you have, create some, send out some connections, uh, read some articles. Uh, there's also a really, if you have a premium LinkedIn, this is one of the other great things about LinkedIn is there's LinkedIn learning. So if you are, let's say you're a clinician and you're looking to pivot into an alternative career space, so maybe you don't want to be patient facing anymore. And you're like, oh, I really like marketing, but I don't have a lot of experience in marketing. Well, go over to LinkedIn learning. It's included in your premium pack, and I'm not associated with LinkedIn. I don't get a kickback or <laughs> anything for this. But if you go over to LinkedIn Learning, there's thousands of courses at the tips of your fingers, and that, and for most of them you get a certificate. So you could take a course and get a certificate and put it on your resume, uh, or put it in your profile. So, okay. so lots of good stuff. Talk to me about connections on LinkedIn. I get. To- requests, connections, I say friend requests, which speaks to my knowledge of LinkedIn. Uh, But so connections, is there strategy? Is there a number we should be looking at? If people are sending us connections, should we be screening them? Does it matter? So on LinkedIn, you want a minimum of 500 first level connections. You can have a maximum of 30,000. The bigger your network, the more opportunities are going to come of that network. So I always say to send between five to 10 connection requests a week to try to build up your network. And you can search for people by their career title, or you can search for people by if you maybe some somebody you went to school with, you can search by your college, you can search if they work in an organization. So let's say I'm interested in working at Blue Cross Blue Shield. I can go to the Blue Cross Blue Shield business LinkedIn page, and it will show me that they have 30,000 or whatever employees who have LinkedIn profiles. Those are all people I can connect with if my end goal is to be a part of that organization. I accept all my connection requests because I'm trying to really, really build my network. But there are, there's scammers on every platform. So it's not a bad idea to, you know, go to their profile, make sure they're not a bot. If they don't have a picture or, you know, their profile is not filled out, I might not accept it, but if it's a fully, you know, finished profile and they seem like a professional connection that would benefit me, I always say yes to my connections. Okay. Talk to me about the, talk to me about the about. (laughs) So the about (laughs) section on our LinkedIn profile, is that just a spruced up version of our resume? What should we have there? 
So your about section should not be an exact replica of your resume. You can actually upload your resume to LinkedIn in a separate section so that it's always there, but your about section should be compelling. So there's two really important places on your LinkedIn profile that you wanna make sure are keyword optimized. That's your headline, so right under your name and your about section. You want it to be something that people wanna read, they wanna learn about you, they wanna know why you're on LinkedIn. Um, so for me, I'm on LinkedIn to gather leads, connect with other career consultants, find healthcare professionals that want my assistance. So right in my about me section, I say, hey, I'm Tanya, this is what I do and this is who I help. If you meet any of these criteria, send me a DM or you know check out my website. And people do all the time or they'll send me an in message and be like, hey, I just found your profile because you commented on, on an article so I clicked on it and I see that you help with resumes. Can I send you my resume? Absolutely. And people, you know, connect with me on LinkedIn all the time and send me their resumes and then we work together. So. Mm, okay. What about the call to action button? So we have options for our call to action button. Is that something we should be strategic about? So yeah, so you can change, there's a couple calls to action in your headline section. So if you are, for example, open to work, you can put that right there and then you can put exactly what positions you're looking for. So if you are an OT, but you're looking for uh, utilization review jobs or you know consultant positions, you can put that right in your headline so that recruiters, because recruiters are on LinkedIn, looking for you know positions or for people to fill positions. So they'll see that you're open to utilization management. And if they have a position that meets that, they might, they might send you a message. And then you can also change your call to action from connect to follow. So if you went on my profile right now, you can see that you can connect with me. You have to click to connect with me, but you can follow me. So you can gain followers just like you can on Instagram. And this just really helps align you as a subject matter expert. So if you want to be viewed as somebody who's an expert in an area, you can gain followers through your content on LinkedIn and get a really big network that way. Mm. Ooh, this is getting me excited for LinkedIn. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about social proof. So... Mm. I see lots of endorsements and testimonials. Is this, now, I also know OT sometimes shy away from this, but yes. does it matter? Do we really need testimonials and endorsements on LinkedIn? They are a great way to say that you are, you know, that you're awesome. <laughs> Why wouldn't you want people to know that you're awesome? Uh, so if you go to the bottom of your LinkedIn profile, you will see a skills section. You can add up to 50 skills. I say add all of them because it optimizes your profile. And then you can actually ask colleagues, clients, friends to go into your profile and endorse you for those skills. So I could go into Melissa's profile and see that she has business strategy skill listed. And I can say yes. I can definitely attest that Melissa is an expert in business strategy and I can endorse her for that. I can also leave her a testimonial, which is another way to gather social proof. Uh, again, think of your LinkedIn as your website or your landing page. If I'm getting clients off of LinkedIn, I want them to see my testimonials. I want them to see the other people that I've helped because that you know, allows them to trust me that I say, when I say I can get them results because I've gotten other people results. Is there any concern around, so this doesn't apply to me because I'm not looking for a job, but let's mm -hmm. say hypothetically, I am employed, but I am not happy. And mm -hmm. I am on LinkedIn looking for another job is, but perhaps my employer does not know I'm looking mm -hmm. for another job. Do you have any words of wisdom, any tips around navigating that specific scenario? 
Yes, so LinkedIn gives you quite a bit of control over your privacy settings. So you can determine who can see what's in your profile and who can't. If you are actively job searching and it's not a secret, you want everything as wide open as you possibly get it. If you are job seeking on the DL, like many of my clients, they're unhappy in their current position and you know they are looking for something, but they don't want their current organization or boss to know it, then they can go into their privacy settings and change things around so that everything they do is not kind of announced to their network. So that I do like how LinkedIn gives you so much control over your data because I think that's important on any social platform. I feel like I should be taking notes. Well, I am. <laughs> I'm taking notes as the podcaster, but I feel as though I should be taking better notes. I'm going to re-listen to this afterwards. So, <laughs> Yes, people, I am benefiting from some free consulting right now. <laughs> okay, so can we talk about marketing? Because I hear mm -hmm. a lot in terms of return of investment on Facebook ads and how people are getting tired of Facebook ads. Now, this may not apply to everyone, but I know we have a lot of coaches, we have a lot of consultants, we have a lot of OTs serving OTs who are listening to this podcast. So if you are targeting professionals with your services, with your offers, is there any benefit or should we be looking into marketing on LinkedIn? Absolutely. So there are a couple, there are four different paid LinkedIn versions. There's a sales navigator. So if you are a coach or a consultant looking to get sales through LinkedIn, sales navigator is an excellent resource. It gives you leads. It gives you an SSI score, which is your sales score. So it tells you compared to other uh, professionals in the same space as you, how well you're doing. Um, and then there's a business premium version, which is what I have. I don't have the sales navigator yet, but I have the business premium version and I'm on the what's called ProFinder. And what ProFinder is, is it's a, it's kind of like a platform where I say, this is what I do. And then the leads literally come to you. So if someone types in resume writing services, I get, a notification and I can send them a proposal. So it's like pitching to a warm audience. It's somebody who I already know is looking for what I do. So I'm a big proponent of ProFinder um, and they only get five proposals. So once they get five proposals, their, their inquiry is shut down. So you're only competing against four other proposals. So that kind of limits the amount of competition too, so that you know you have a pretty good chance of catching their eye. So ProFinder is where it's at. Oh my goodness, so many things. This is amazing, uh, <laughs> especially for people. I hear a lot like, oh, Facebook, oh, Facebook. People, mm -hmm. Facebook isn't our only option. No. Right? Like that's something. And it's okay to use P Facebook for personal reasons and not mm -hmm. professionally if that's your choice. I tend to use it more professionally over personal reasons. But even then, you know, there are options and you don't have to go all in on one platform. And I love that you had said, you know, what is your goal and get really clear on your goal and then come up with a strategy or go to someone like Tanya with a strategy. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Did you, so how did you, you know, I'm just fascinated. I could listen to you talk all day long about LinkedIn and, and we're going to switch gears here in a moment and talk about resumes because selling ourselves, putting ourselves out there is definitely something that I would say across the board, OTs need to work on. Yes. Is So in terms of your knowledge, in terms of your expertise with LinkedIn, is this, you know, have you, is, has it been more self-directed? You've been learning because of an interest, like how did this all come about? 
So when I joined Joni at Polish to Prosper and she was doing, she does a lot of the resume side. And then I'm like, well, LinkedIn is such an unexplored market for clinicians. So I just, I was scared of LinkedIn for a long time. I didn't understand it. It was kind of like a set it and forget it. I graduated from college, you know, a hundred years ago and set up a LinkedIn profile because I thought I had to, because I'm like, oh, this is where the professionals are. I should be here, but I never did anything with it. I just put my picture up, typed a few things. I'm an OT. This is where I went to college. Never touched it, never did anything with it. Um, so as I got into the career consulting space, I learned, I started to learn more about LinkedIn and I got really intrigued. So I started taking courses. I started listening to podcasts. I, um, live, eat and breathe LinkedIn now. <laughs> I'm always reading, but I read a book on LinkedIn. <laughs> so, I realized what a powerful platform it really is. And the people that are making LinkedIn work for them, the stuff that they are achieving is amazing. And like I said, it's just a space where you can go to. And if I want to learn about something or I want to read an article by a certain professional, I can just find them. And I don't have to scroll through my Facebook newsfeed to do it. I can just, it's literally right there. It's such an easy platform once you understand what you're doing. Mm. So then I'm like, well, I can help other clinicians get on LinkedIn. Nobody knows the awesomeness of LinkedIn. I'm going to share with the world the awesomeness of LinkedIn. So that became my my mission. Oh, love that. And so important for, so again, this is a great example of OTs serving OTs because so often we're outsourcing to other consultants and in other industries and mm -hmm. we're having to work so hard to bridge the gap, you know, how this applies to OTs and you're able to, bridge that gap for them. You know, you have yeah. one foot in the OT world, you have one foot in LinkedIn because, and speaking from experience, how much energy I've expended working with different business advisors, different consultants, where half of our one hour call is me explaining what I do. You know, half mm -hmm. of our time is me trying to explain, well, no, that doesn't really fit for OTs. I'm, right. you know, and it's, it's, frustrating, but I'm used to it. You know, it comes with the territory. And But when you can outsource or when you can get someone on your team who not only has, you know, certain expertise in this, but they also get it. They also understand OT. You know, that's the double horned unicorn. Like that's mm -hmm. gold. I love it. Yeah. And just to touch back on what you were saying, because um, I meant to mention it, but I forgot, but what you were saying about OT's being afraid to market themselves. I actually have a really, a really good story about that. So I did a, so we offer resume and cover letter writing as well. And I did a resume and a cover letter for a therapist and I sent her the final product and she emailed me back and she said, Oh my goodness, this is amazing. But are you sure I'm worthy of this cover letter? Mm -hmm. And it like, it floored me. Cause I'm like, you don't think you're worthy of words on a piece of paper. And I just don't think we realize our value. And as much as I help people find jobs and, you know, find purpose in their careers, a big, big portion of what I do is just helping clinicians realize how valuable they really are and how marketable they are. We go into this profession to help others and we, and we forget that we, what we do is, is awesome and sharing that awesomeness. We have a hard time sharing how awesome we are. So if you yes. need help telling people how awesome you are, look me up because I will, I will tell the world. Well, and it just goes to show, you know, 
the importance, I talk about this all the time, building our business from the inside out, growing from the inside out. And it used to apply to my women's health work because I was trying to help everyone understand that, hey, we all have a core, we all have a pelvic floor and it matters. Mm-hmm. Whether we're working in women's health or not, we still need to be aware of these things. But now I bring that over to the business side of things because the mindset work, and it's not just this, you know, woo woo mindset. It's like, no, your thoughts, your limiting beliefs, they are holding you back. And if you're not able to put yourself out there, if you're not able to market yourself and to talk about how awesome you are, how are you going to get other people on board with that? You know, right. it really starts with yourself. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Nobody else is going to advocate for your skills. Nobody else is going to, you know, call a recruiter and say, hey, Melissa's awesome. She really, she really needs this position. Could you consider her for this position? You have to be able to define your professional branding so that people know that you are an asset and are, you know, actively recruiting you to come work for them because you market yourself so well. So it's definitely a skill mm. that people need to learn. And I'm, I'm working on working on people learning that skill. <laughs> Well, practice what we preach, right? Like it's something, (laughs) you know, and and let's acknowledge that too. This isn't something that one day it's like, oh, I got it. It's easy now. No, still it's a muscle we have to flex Mm -hmm. constantly. And can we both agree? It's easier to flex that muscle when we're surrounded by like-minded people who also absolutely and who are in it with us, right? You know, there are days that's harder than others, but it's still part of it. You still have to work on flexing that muscle. Mm-hmm. Even sometimes when, you know, I go on a podcast or I write an article or I create something about LinkedIn, I still doubt myself, even though I've spent hours on the platform learning about it and talking to professionals. And sometimes I'm like, is, is anybody going to take me seriously? <laughs> like, can I say that I'm a LinkedIn professional, even, even though I have, you know, gotten people a lot of great things off of LinkedIn. So it's always there. You're always actively working you know, in your mind gym, I go to the mind gym to come to overcome my issues. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So. All right. Tanya, let's switch gears and talk about resumes. All right. Resumes. So you are part of a team, you help therapists to build stronger resumes. What are some of the challenges that you're seeing therapists have when it comes to their resume? One of the biggest challenges we're seeing is that the job market has gotten so competitive that there's thousands of people or hundreds of people applying for the same position. So having a resume that really stands out from the crowd when, for example, I graduated, I barely needed a resume. I had a, I had a position lined up before I completed my second clinical. It's so different now. It's so different now. And if you look at my first resume and the fact that I even landed a job with that thing, it's insane when I see the resumes that are going out and what, you know, recruiters and hiring managers are looking for now, it's just so different. So a lot of, especially the biggest, the majority of our clients are kind of mid-level career professionals. So they've kind of been in a space where A, they haven't needed a resume in a long time. Um, And now there's a lot of healthcare changes coming down the pike. And a lot of them are looking to pivot out of direct patient care and into something non-clinical or non-patient facing. So highlighting their transferable skills, their transferable clinical skills into something that's not patient facing is, you know, what we really focus on because we want, we want them to find a career that makes them happy and fulfilled. 
So marketing them in a strategic way by highlighting things that they bring from their clinical background that they can use for a new position. Okay. And any recommendations? So in terms of length of resume, because now everything's electronic, it's not just the one page front back, you know, back in the day when you were manually handing in resumes. Uh, So any tips on the electronic version or any common mistakes that you're seeing with that electronic version resume? Yes. So if you are applying for positions and you have been applying for a very long time and you've been getting no feedback, so no phone calls, probably not even an email, it's most likely that your resume is not meeting the ATS requirements. And ATS stands for Applicant Tracking System. So it's a software that organizations use to quickly read through resumes. And a lot of the formatting, so if you get a template off of Etsy or somewhere online, a lot of those templates are pretty, but they don't meet the requirements of the applicant tracking system. So when you're sending them in, they're literally going nowhere. They're getting thrown out immediately. So making sure that your resume meets those standards so that it actually gets through the software and into the hands of an actual human being who can read it is really important. And one of the biggest mistakes I often see in resumes is doing a laundry list of your daily job functions. So as an OT, we all do evaluations, we all write plans of care, uh, we all do discharge summaries, et cetera, et cetera. So if you write that on your resume, it's going to look like every single other resume submitted by an OT with similar experience. So really focusing on results-oriented job function bullets using uh, what we call the CAR template, challenge action result. So highlight the challenge, then what you did, and then the result. And adding metrics and numbers is a really powerful way to give concrete quantitative data of your uh, accomplishments. So those are some little tricks and strategies that you can do to kind of stand out from other or other candidates with similar experience. Okay. Oh, such good stuff. So Tanya, I want to switch gears and talk about, so traditionally you were providing a service-based business in that people were paying you hourly, people were paying you for a service. And you and I could talk all day long about leveraged offers. So, Mm -hmm. and I think our listeners know at this point, but in case they don't. So everyone, what a leveraged offer is, we could all use a refresher because we could all work on this. So a leveraged offer is when it's the same amount of time and energy going into creating the offer, going into the selling of the offer, marketing, and in terms of fulfillment. So for example, an online course is a leveraged offer because if you create an online course, it's the same amount of work for one student versus a thousand students. Now take that with a grain of salt. Of course, there, you know, you have to expect more customer support, more potential for tech issues with a thousand people versus one. But when we are working in this, you know, time for money model where it's hourly, you know, when we're doing coaching or consulting one-on-one, that's an example where it's not a leveraged offer. We're going to cap out pretty quickly in terms of Mm -hmm. what we're able to provide. So you have been working on more leveraged offers. You're also aware that people are needing more of your time and energy. So they are wanting to continue the relationship because when they submit their resume, make tweaks to their LinkedIn profile, there are all those things that are coming up. So they're coming back to you. And I love that you are 
a fabulous entrepreneur and you are recognizing this. <laughs> so as you are moving forward this year, what are some ways that you are continuing to support OTs that, you know, it's, it's moving more towards that leveraged offer, but also towards that ongoing support, that longer term relationship that people are asking for? So we have started putting up a lot more resources. Uh, We have interview bundles. So we have strategic bundles that, so if you say land a pediatric position and you want to prepare for the interview, we have a very comprehensive guide with questions, keywords, ways to answer uh, tiered questions, things like that to prepare you for that interview. So we have a lot of those resources that are going up almost weekly on our website. We also are working on a more long-term support program. And we're kind of ironing out the details now of how we want to launch that, whether we want to do a short-term coaching program with a specific group of coaches, or if we want to do more of a membership program where we give them all our resources and they kind of have a little bit more long-term access to us. That way, if they do submit their resume and then, you know, they hear back and they land an interview and then they start to get that, you know, that anxiety feeling you get when you land an interview, they can go into the group and say, Hey, I landed an interview. What, how do I prepare? And they'll have not only us, the professionals, but also other community members to talk to. So we also have DIY templates that I've created. So if you go onto our resource tab on our website, I have created applicant tracking system friendly DIY templates with all of the sections that we use when we write people's resumes. Um, I have a LinkedIn course that just came out and I'm developing a more advanced LinkedIn course. So yeah, we're trying to get more resources and things out um, and provide more support. We've started a free Facebook group that, you know, we have a nice community in there. So all sorts of good things coming down, down the pike. Ah, I love this. Okay. So I'm going to back up for a moment because so Tanya had mentioned she has templates, you know, ATS tracking's built in and there may be some of you out there and I'm going to call you on this. There may be some of you thinking, I can just figure this out myself. I learned so much on this podcast episode that between this and Google, I can figure this out myself. I'm not going to invest. And that drives me crazy because (laughs) I see so many therapists wasting so much time. And they're not only wasting time, they're putting out energy to do something that's often incorrect. So not only are they wasting time, they're missing out on valuable opportunities. So for example, you could do the figure it out yourself route and not see success. And it's not just time and energy that you're losing. It's mental hardship. You know, there's a lot of stress that you are bringing on or, and I'm not saying it's the easy route, but it may be the more efficient one. Go and invest in Tanya. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Like it's, it's just, and I work with so many therapists that that's when they do come to me is when they, not all, I'm seeing more and more who are taking the bull by the horns and recognizing, hey, I don't know what I don't know. So rather Mm -hmm. than figure it out myself, because this isn't your zone of genius, people, just go to the expert. You know, it is so worth the investment to just go to the expert, save your brain power for what you're really working on and invest the money. You know, it's so worth it. And I cannot say that enough. Let the experts do their thing. Stick to your zone of genius. Yes, absolutely. And I always talk about return on investment. So if you do invest in a resume writing service or 
you know, interview training with us, you have to think the initial investment, but if that, if those skills or that resume lands you a position, you make back that investment within the first week of employment, within two to three days of employment, you've already made back that investment and you've saved yourself so much time and anguish because we know what hiring managers are looking for. We know the keywords and we know how to get the resumes into their hands. So let us do it for you. We got it. We got it down. <laughs> Don't stress. Yes. Yes. Well, and actually have some fun with it, right? Yeah. Um, like I'm going to go and update my LinkedIn profile. By the time we publish this, everyone, I'm going to include my link to my LinkedIn profile because I'm going to be <laughs> proud of it and screaming it from the rooftops. <laughs> nice. And I will go and endorse Tanya because now I know that's important too. So <laughs> all these little things, right? But that's that's part of this, um, you know, is really owning it and putting, you know, we all have limited time and energy. So stick to what we're good at and know that, you know, joining a group like Tanya's, hey, it can actually be fun updating your resume because you're doing it with a group of people. And let go of that scarcity mindset. Well, if I'm updating my resume and I'm around other OTs updating their resumes, maybe they're going to take my job. Let go of no. that. We have no. to let go of that. You know, there's so much out there for all of us and really shift that over to an abundance mindset. Absolutely. Absolutely. Gosh. All right. So Tanya, as we're wrapping this up, where can people find you? And I will be sure to link this in the show notes. Our website is www.polish2prosper.com. And that two is like the number two. So Polish to Prosper. Um, on LinkedIn, you can find me at Tanya Peterson OT. That's my handle. On Facebook, you can find our page at, at, at Polish to Prosper is our Facebook page. Oh, awesome. Awesome. And I do have to acknowledge my my hard A sound when I say your name. There's my East Coast accent coming out. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> I've done that a few times. Uh, I keep my West Coast accent until, anyhow, my hard A is, <laughs> it is what it is. People love me or hate me. It is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. This has been amazing. Again, I'm going to be re-listening to this, not just for the show notes, but to take my own personal notes. So thank you. My, my future clients, thank you. <laughs> but awesome. the, you have been an absolute wealth of information and I'm looking forward to hearing feedback. So everyone, when you make some updates or when you reach out to all the great things that Joni and Tanya are doing. Uh, make sure that you connect with them. Please, you know, shout it from the rooftops. We all need to do a better job of not only, not only standing out ourselves, but also giving credit to the innovators who've helped us along the way. So I'm excited to be one of those people giving you a shout out and to see where this episode goes in terms of next. Yes. Well, thank you so much for having me. This was a blast. You're welcome. Okay. We will talk to you soon. Okay, folks, there you have it. Another episode of the OT's Gone Rogue podcast is officially a wrap. And since recording this episode, I've been implementing the tips and tools that Tanya shared, updating my LinkedIn profile and actually making an effort to get those 500 first connections. If you're on LinkedIn, I would love to connect with you. Come and find me. Better yet, jump into my LinkedIn inbox and tell me a little bit more about you. Maybe we can even endorse each other. Ugh, I sound so LinkedIn savvy right now. 
And if you're feeling super generous with your time, I would love for you to take a moment and leave a review for our podcast on either iTunes or Apple so that more OTs can find us. All right, that's it for me. Take care and I'll see you back here next week for yet another episode of the OTs Gone Rogue podcast. Bye for now.